Welcome to the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, a fresh perspective on AFL Fantasy Classic, brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. On this episode, we look ahead to week two of the pesky buy rounds with a little spanner thrown in the works as well. We check out some targets fresh off their buys and answer your listener questions. Chicka chicka pod pod. <laughs> Welcome to the Pod Pod. I'm Doss in the uh, Doss's Den here with Louie. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, Lou. Coming off a big, big week for Dossie. You've had a good week. Yeah, he's gone all right this week. Uh, Cracked the 1700 in the first week of the buy rounds. But how did you go? In fact, uh, up there at the top of the rankings, I want to hear how you're going, Louie. Yeah, not too bad. I scored um, just a fraction more with the seventeen twenty eight, which was which was good. That was from twenty players on field. I'm not sure how many you managed to get there, Dossie. Oh yeah, I think it was about twenty as well. And yeah. th- that's obviously the magic number because uh, at least in my experience, I was able to drop off Tom Highmore and Riley Collier Dawkins twenty one and twenty nine. So it's always good when you've got more than eighteen players playing because. You're not as disappointed, unless you're a Bailey Smith owner, of course. (laughs) Yeah, so I got the 1704, moved up a couple of thousand in the rankings. Where are you sitting in the rankings these days? Uh, Come up about 150 spots, so I'm into uh, 458 this week. Repping the pod pod very nicely, but it was a very strange week uh, of fantasy, of course, with the first week of the buy-rounds. We got some news that we'll touch on a bit later that's going to throw a little bit of a spanner in the works, as we mentioned at the top of the show, with uh, what's coming with the remainder of the buy-rounds with some uh, Richmond and West Coast changing up their structure there. But first of all, we'll we'll reflect on the first week of the buy-rounds, round 12, and our nailed it, failed it. I want to hear your nailed it for the week. Oh, it's got to be Zach Bailey, doesn't it? Never in doubt. <laughs> I, n- I never even considered trading Zach Bailey. Trust me, Dossie. Nah, 99, fantastic. Uh, that's sort of what I wanted to see. I thought um, he might be that 80 to 90 guy and 99, he showed it. I think he got on the end of a few snags there, but he looked good, Dossie. Yeah, he, he, he was very good. I was saying he's almost, he's sort of touching those Toby Green territories as a small forward. He doesn't have the aerial presence Toby Green does, but whenever he gets it, you think it's going to go through for a snag and he's so dangerous whenever the ball's in his vicinity and just his snaps, he's got such great goal sense, but you, 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 I think you're, I still think you're a little bit kissed with this, this selection. Yeah. You thought he was going to be a midfielder. Don't deny it. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> obviously overall, I've probably been let down a little bit, but, um, look, when I, when I traded him, I said there's very minimal downside and I've copped none of that downside. I've only copped six points upside since I traded him in. So pretty happy with Zachy Bailey. Who was your nailed it this week? Mate, oh, my nailed it this week, sitting in my midfield, M1. He could have been my F1. He's got the dual DPP status there. But a green dot, an unexpected green dot from Big Paddy Dow. Oh, nice. nice. Nailed it. Held him all season. Somehow he's still in the squad. And, gee, he actually might be a nice little option over the buy coverage for the next uh, week after this week. Yeah. Well, what, what did he score? The 48. 48, um, yeah. But he had, <laughs> he had a break even thereabouts the same, Oh, he's he? gone down a little bit in price. So, for non-owners, he's actually 287K now. I know. Louis, and can you get tempted again? Well, I was saying to two. Stato this week that, yeah, you could. Because- <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, look, Carlton have shown that they do want to give him games. Mm. Um, obviously, he's been omitted a few times, but if he gets a run at it at 270K, I'd rather pay up for Paddy Dow over one of these mystery rookies, uh, you know, in the 200s. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't believe I'm saying that, but yeah, you, you got to consider it. I loved seeing him back out there and he actually led the the Blues for clearances and centre clearances as well. Shocked me that he actually got, uh, they put Ed Kerno back in there at the start of the final quarter after he had a seven disposal and a few few clearances in the third quarter. I actually think it was a training wheels, uh, training wheels Teague moment there, not uh, popping Patty in the last quarter. But I think my real nailed it was actually Caleb Poulter a few weeks, bringing him in. Brought him in after probably one of his biggest scores thinking, you know, I just wanted to jump on the wave and man, he's making cash. Dropped a ton, 105 and really looks like a good player. And have you got on the pull to train? No, I missed the pull to train. Yeah. Uh, that week I didn't end up trading down to any rookies. So, I missed out on him. But yeah, he, he's been a little bit of a surprise. I know he's scoring well at VFL level, but at AFL that's translated that and more. And he just runs up those wings and takes marks all day. Yeah. Also, the Bont, mate. I've I've said him multiple yeah, times. Bont I don't want to. I keep banging on, man. People have got to jump on this. He's he's absolutely carving it. What about you failed it? Let's get a little bit negative. Who was your failed it for the week? Uh, it's the other Bailey in my team, uh, Bailey Smith, with a forty-four. Total. That was the worst score on field this week for me. He was my eighteenth scorer. I would have been happy with a seventy. I would have taken that. Brutal. I was yeah. expecting an eighty-five plus versus Fremantle. 44 looked nowhere near it because he wasn't. He yeah. didn't attend a single centre bounce. So, uh, obviously, he's been bevoed. Caleb Daniel is now how is that? the number three midfielder at the Dogs. How was that, mate? I did not see that coming. I, I wouldn't have thought Bailey Smith was the one that was going to get bevoed. Yeah, look, it sucks. And I, I shouldn't be so bitter because as a football fan, you know, Bevo's allowed to experiment and try new <laughs> yeah. things. And, and when the game's cooked, he can do what he likes. But I just- you get frustrated when you see blokes like Caleb Daniel get minutes in the centre bounces over Bailey Smith, who was drafted as a pure midfielder and has been a superb one at that since. So, you know, take the good with the bad, Doss. And uh, I think Bailey Smith, uh, I'll, see, I was just, my wires were crossed on which Bailey I was trading. Yeah. It's Bailey Smith. <laughs> yeah. So, he's he's on the way out for you, you reckon, now? It's just no, I, I won't off. go early because yeah. I did get a few tweets saying, well, I thought you were trading Zach Bailey. We record <laughs> this podcast on a Monday. I've got no idea what I'm doing. And we've uh, we've let Statesman know who's the biggest fan of Zach Butters on the planet that uh, Zach Bailey might be the superior ZB uh, in the league. So, your boy Zach Bailey doing great things. Um, my failed it. I want it. There's a few rookies that really didn't perform um, that I was hoping to carry me through the buy rounds, like a Chad Warner. Although he's a second year, maybe I could give it to him. But I'm just going to sit with Liam Baker, give the young kids a break. Liam Baker, just the 72, brought him in to play that mid-roll a couple of weeks ago. Really my own fault for backing him in. Oh, disgusting um, pick. Hasn't, hasn't been terrible, but, you know, you've got- Guys like Trent it's Bianco the guys that have come back as well. Game and outscoring Lamb Baker. So, yeah, the, the mids have come back. Just a poor decision to bring him in. And now looking like someone that I want to get rid of. But luckily enough, I might need his score this week. So, Richmond coming up um, and playing this week is probably actually going to help me. And I might have to hold Lamb Baker another week and see how he goes against West Coast. Lou, we've got a lot of hot topics this week. And that one is probably on the top of the list that I just mentioned with the buy rounds, but let's get to some hot topics. 
On to hot topics, Lou, and West Coast. Richmond, they've moved from the round 13 buy, now going to have that round 14 buy. So we've got a stack of teams now. We've got eight teams now with the round 14 buy and two less having it this week in Richmond and West Coast. So we haven't really got confirmation yet what's going to happen in AFL Fantasy. We're recording on a Monday night, as we always do. Hopefully, we get confirmation soon. But I think based on what Warney's kind of tweeted out into the fantasy world for the community is that it looks like we're just going to play the regular game this week and then maybe get a an extra trade or two next week. Is that the vibe you're kind of getting? Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's probably what I've seen on Twitter. Um, personally, I think uh, it's a bit strange. Probably should get an extra trade this week and next week um, just because it did come quite uh, quickly that news and we didn't actually find out until after that Friday game in fact I think even the Pies game might have started at four o'clock on the Saturday so I guess we just play it by ear and uh, see what happens and and we plan our strategy around that yeah it's gonna be interesting we'll have to wait and just hear official word we don't want to speculate no um, and, it, and it's tough for them as well because yeah. you know what do you do you're, you're making decisions on behalf of probably a hundred thousand people Mm. And not everyone's going to like it. So, we'll see what they say and, and what has to be done. And then we figure out a way to combat that. That's it. And uh, we look forward to figuring out what that's going to be and, and some new strategies around that as well. And funnily enough, though, i got to say in my trades last week, I went a bit risque. As you know, I'm not up there like the top thousand man that you are there, Lou. And I did bring in um, Dustin Martin, who had that round 14 buy with the hope that he'd play this week because I actually would have been pretty heavy on the round 14. So, it actually kind of helped me and I actually traded riskily with the hope that that was going to happen because we kind of heard rumours throughout the week that that was a chance to happen. Um, so, yeah, maybe it helps some coaches too and hinders others. So, it's probably just going to, you know, it's going to be roundabout in the fantasy community. But good luck to everyone and we'll just keep an ear out for what's going to happen there. Another spanner in the works for coaches with the ruck injury this week. Uh, obviously, replacing Grundy last week. But we've had another, the, the R3, <laughs> the apparent R3 this season, Shawnee Darcy. Oh, the universe is funny. Ah, oh, injured. I, I feel sorry for owners. I've been very happy watching his development this year. Has looked absolutely beast. Um, at least he got you an okay score before going down injured. He was absolutely monstering the ruck combo of Steph Martin before he went down and then Tim English on the weekend. But he's done a hammy. That's likely a few week injury there. And I guess the only silver lining is we've probably got Meek coming back in for us who's owned by a stack of coaches there. Yeah. So, I mean, the silver lining, like you said, uh, part of that would be that Sean Darcy, uh, unless you did plan to keep him in your forward line, which I'm sure a lot of coaches did, being that forward status. Um, but still, Sean Darcy was somebody that you brought in that you didn't necessarily want to. It's unfortunate he's got injured. It's fortunate that he was injured on 93. Mm. Um, I think you now use his price point to create something else. So, like I say, get creative with it. Injuries suck. And, geez, it's ironic after we actually said on the podcast last week with Harmy, well, sometimes it clicks. Yeah. Sometimes they're fit. Well, Sean Darcy, this yeah. is what happens. And it's a, it's a terrible week for it to happen. Yeah, it's rough. And Statesman's been going on at me on, on, on Pod Pod Plus as well about how he's injury prone and that he wasn't going to admit defeat until Shawnee Darcy, um, who I proclaimed might have been a top six forward, 
Um, he wasn't going to proclaim defeat that he was wrong on that front until he got through a season unscathed and Darcy's now gone down injured. So I've probably taken the L there. Uh, another injury in that game was Fife dislocating his shoulder. So that's another popular forward target that people might have had. I don't think either of us was super keen on him just given his role fluctuations, but unfortunate for owners and going to have to uh, find a man to replace him in the midfield. Is there anyone, does that sort of, upgrade any of your do you like Sarong a little better now or any any of the options from Freeman or with him out of the side oh you'd probably look at Brayshaw or Sarah mm-hmm. um, who have shown a bit more ceiling I think Sarong's probably been a little bit disappointing this year and and his scoring has actually come from tagging roles so yeah. that's a little bit of a concern for me Nat Fife it's unfortunately went down I think it's the same shoulder that he got surgery on a couple of years ago and and uh, yeah, so obviously he's a must trade, 680k. He hasn't really gone anywhere uh, since the start of the season. And that's kind of why we said, well, don't worry about trading in Fife. I understand he's cheap at 670k. But when you can't actually bang out a score over 105, yeah. you never end up going above that price anyway. So um, yeah, it's unfortunate for owners. He's been chugging along nicely. And yeah, he's a must trade now, obviously. Yeah, might have to just look at a few options from Fremantle and see which one of those guys maybe gets the uh, centre bounce usage. It might even be a Walters or someone like that as well. <laughs> maybe it's just Monday. Sunny! <laughs> uh, Andy McGrath, he's out from for eight to 12 weeks as well. We don't always touch on injuries on the pod pod, but I think at this point of the year, there's just a couple of things that are making things interesting. And, you know, unfortunately for Andy McGrath, but I actually just mention it as well, because if there's ever, if there were ever questions about Darcy Parrish staying as a pure midfielder after even after his explosion for this past couple of months now. We've now got Andy McGrath, who was attending some centre bounces, certainly playing an outside-inside role there. He's out for 8 to 12 by looks. You've still got Caldwell, Jai Caldwell, who was their midfield recruit in the off-season, still out for 7 to 9 weeks or thereabouts. He's done. He's done He's probably season. out for the season. And Dylan Shields, still a month plus away, 4 to 5 weeks. Is Parrish just going to be the out-and-out number one mid from here to the end of the season? Probably, yeah. In fantasy footy. Crazy. Absolutely. And his price tag now is just getting through the roof. So, um, yeah, well, that's the next question that comes. Do you trade in Darcy Parrish? You know, he's he's going 140 every week. The Coming answer off from of me, 160 this week. The answer just from ludicrous. me is no, you don't. Yeah. You don't trade in Darcy Parrish, not at his price, because he's now made, I think he's the most expensive player in the comp. He'd actually, actually he'd and all the coaches that jumped on from when he was 570k back in round four and have ridden that wave, they've got the advantage. They've got the points on the board. Yeah. You can't trade him in this week and get his 160 from last week. There's no point chasing these coaches that have already got him. You're just matching them. Go against them. Find the next one. McRae's got him by 12k, but aside from that, he's uh, he's crazy. That's most- unbelievable. Once again, fuck Rory Sloan. <laughs> Only reason I couldn't bring him in in round four. Absolutely brutal. Uh, Dangerfield potentially returning is probably the final hot topic um, we've got here. Oh, there's actually one more hot topic, but is he an immediate option if Dangerfield returns this nah, week? No, nah, because Chris Scott, mm. it, it's a laid out written all over it. Why wouldn't you name your best player and then have your competition sort of start? I mean, they're going to do their homework anyway, Yeah, but- and then pull him late. That's going to throw some uh, things around in the coaching board. So, yeah, I, I could see- um, He's got the Thursday game, out. though. So, we'd know early. Would we? Yeah. He's, he's the yeah, first. I mean, laid outs for Geelong mean an hour before the game. 
Yeah. Oh, you're saying thir- oh, Thursday night football. Geelong's got right. a Thursday yeah. game. So, yeah, he could still be the laid out, but that does give you a bit of adaptability. Um, you I'd, wouldn't I'd know, would watch you? the role, though. You want to see the role. Yeah. No, nah, agreed. I'm not sure what his break even is, but I don't imagine he's going to go up much this week, if at all. So, yeah. Have a look. Don't go immediately is our probably early opinion. And our final hot topic, I just want to th- have a look at the the, the rucks now that we do have no Grundy still. Well, we don't know that yet, but um, shouldn't have Grundy this week, you'd imagine. R2 and R3, what do we do there? And we're just going to look at a few options from each of the buy rounds, a couple of premiums and a couple of cheapies from each one. Round 12, we'll start there. Ladder, this is the premiums on offer, like inverted commas premiums from round 12. Laddams, you can't go there, surely. Goldie, no. you can't you can't go Goldie, with, especially with Campbell in the team. If they dump one of their rucks, maybe, but even still, they'll probably bring in a sherry or something to fill that dual ruck. Yeah, role. I think they would. Goldie's getting old. Yeah. He's so getting very no old. No Goldie, no Laddams. McAvoy, you can't with Reeves in if he's playing still. Lyset suspended, so he's not going to play this week. So, is there no round 12 premiums we can trust? Um, no, there's none. You, nah. you wouldn't trust that list at all. Nah. So, let's look at the cheapies then. These are the ones on offer this week, and these are the popular ones that I'm probably looking at if you do ha- or if you do have to trade a Sean Darcy and the like. You got Ned Reeves from Hawthorne, who's looking fantastic. Has just news word just came out of Hawthorne that he signed, what, a two year? Two year contract extension. Two year yep. contract extension. So, what, what does that mean there, Lou Dog, that they're going to back him in for the rest of the year or that they're just locking him away as a project and they've got oh, him on the books. Means they've seen something. Mm. And uh, from his two games already, they've uh, they've raved about him. They, they really like what he's done, especially in the last 12 months. He's gotten a go. Perfect. And, and he's learned to swim, so to say, <laughs> at the AFL level. And I think that he'll be someone who gets a go uh, consistently throughout the rest of the year. It might Sometimes you might see big boy take the main ruck role to give him mm. a bit of a chop out. But I, I think they are looking towards the future now. Yeah. Ben McAvoy's 31. Uh, it's time to get Reeves in and get that next big ruckman coming through because it's not Segler. Just get him in. If he's named, he's he's up there with one of the most uh, – not must-have. You never have a must-have, but he's close, isn't he, with a negative break even. He's and, pretty close. We went roll. very close to saying Trent Bianco was a must-have. Mm. And I'm pretty sure to this point Reeves is uh, outscoring his average. Yeah. So, for that reason alone, yeah, bring in Reeves. The only reason maybe he's not a must-have is you might not be able to get him on field. Yeah. The other guys that are the cheapies for um, round 12, we've got Ned Moyle, but he won't play, will he, uh, from, for Gold Coast? He's not training with the main group? You uh, me I think so. Um, I'm pretty sure he's someone who's training away from the main group before he can enter the state due to COVID, I think. Yeah. So, Just keep um, an eye but, on that. But but unlikely he plays, but yeah, keep an eye on it. 170K. They're desperate to get Ruck, someone in there that can actually get a hit out. Chrissy Bajess, our Lord and Saviour, might be able to ride us <laughs> through. Figure, Chris Bajess. Might, might be able to ride us through, the buyers there. Uh, and Matty Flynn, if you've still got him, he's been a fantastic hold. Unfortunate for us when we uh, when we dumped him early, you'd probably say now, Louis. Yeah, I mean, uh, him. Uh, sorry, Grundy going down has really opened up for Flynn owners. So it's been it's been a really good hold. Now round thirteen. This is just to get us through. Obviously, these guys aren't playing this week, but there's not a stack of options from round thirteen that we can look at. But one that is kind of tempting, I guess, would be Tim English. He's got no Steph Martin. He also went down injured uh, during the Dogs game. 
I guess the other option is also a cheap option there with Jordan Sweet would be the other end of the scale. So if Jordan Sweet comes in for Steph Martin and they go that dual ruck setup, do either of those guys tempt you if you're looking for a round 13 ruck option? Um, Sweet's probably an awkward price now to trade down to him, but mm. I do think that Sweet will take the main ruck role. I think the Bulldogs like what Tim English offers as a forward slash chop out ruck yeah. at, at this point. And the plan for them would be to bring Stefan Martin back in the finals, you'd imagine, or whenever he's fit. So there's no point changing Tim English's role too drastically. So, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't touch Sweet at his price though. And Tim English, I don't mind. I like him as an option. Something that I just can't not get concerned about is that he missed four weeks of football with a head knock. Yeah, okay. Like, I know it's um, trivial now and he's playing football, but it's just something where that unreliability of him just not getting named for four weeks would have been really frustrating for coaches. And it's just something that I want to avoid in general. Just superstitions maybe, but no, don't like it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the other one would be Sam Draper. If he's named coming off his buy, Absolutely. He, he's really cheap. And yeah. he's going to be that number one ruck eventually at, at uh, Essendon. If he just gets named straight after his buy, could you go there at 400 and whatever K he is? Uh, yeah, super keen if you've got cover. Because with Essendon, we saw last year that they were prepared to play Draper and just put him on ice mm. for a game. And then he comes back. So, uh, they'll take their time with Draper in respect to his body. He might have managed minutes. He might play two and then out for one and then play two. But if you've got backup at his price point, I love Sam Draper. Round 14, the premiums get nice and juicy, but there's a stack of them. Unfortunate for people that traded in Nick Nat, hoping he'd come off his round 13 buy and be available for round uh, 14. Sorry. I know uh, Harmy, for instance, who was on the show last week, he brought in Nick Nat so that he'd have him for round 14 and assuming he was going to have his buy in round 13. So, obviously, that's now been moved. But these are probably the, the three premiums here. And would you say this is the order you'd probably have them as well in preference? I've got Gorn, O'Brien, and Nick Nat as the top three. Are that, would you say that? I mean, yeah. a, assuming Grundy's out, by the way. He'd have yep. Grundy in there as well. Yeah, it's those three, I think. Okay. A lot of cheapies too. So, Amadi for um, Sydney- Really, really good option. 197 centimetre. Filled in the play uh, to play the role of, what's his name? Uh, Hayden McLean. Hayden McLean, yep. And uh, bloody hell, Callum Sinclair. Yep, so, he yep. came into, those guys got omitted. He came in to play that role. Played pretty well. Scored well. Now, have I got him as the wrong buy here? Is he a, is he a 14 or a 13? Uh, no, he's 14, Sydney. Yep. So, not a bad option um, if you're looking for a round 14 rookie as well. So, did you like the look of him? Oh, I loved him. Mm. I, I thought he looked really good. Um, even though I brought in Riley O'Brien this week, I, yeah. I couldn't help but think, gee, I could have saved a bit of coin here. Especially ruck forward status too, doesn't he? He's got the forward status in there. So, yeah, a, a great little option there. Um, my boy Chol and CCJ, would you trust either of those guys now on the round 14 by as well? They're going to play this week. They've got Nick Nat. Well, Chol has Nick Nat. CCJ, Callum Coleman-Jones playing more as a permanent forward. Is it worth jumping on either of those guys? Uh, it's awkward to jump on because Callum Coleman-Jones is playing as a key forward mostly. So, yeah. he relies on his marks and his goals. He's not going to score. I think he kicked four goals and he scored 76. So, mm. uh, you know, if you get more realistic, being a young key forward, he probably kicks one to two goals a game. 
which dwindles down to about 55. When you're paying 400K for that, it just doesn't add up for me. And then Shoal, he's about the same. He's about 400K. Uh, he could have the ruck roll, and he certainly did on the on the weekend. And he had eighty percent time on ground, which was what I was worried about. He was at sixty percent the week before, so eighty plus percent time on ground and playing majority ruck. The problem is, if he wasn't up against Nick Nat this week, I'd be tempted, but he's probably going to get absolutely destroyed. That and the problem is that Damien Hardwick last week in his presser actually threw up Samson Ryan's name, who's more Ooh. of a pure ruckman, so he he's could be someone too. who comes in and. and and basically starts developing as a ruck while they throw Chol back forward wherever they want yeah. because he's been a bit of a swingman in in recent years. Max Lynch, you'd think he's not a rookie option, is he? Because you've got nah. Grundy just lurking. As soon as yeah. Grundy's back, he's out. Total stopgap. So just avoid him. I think we much prefer even the Armadi option um, over him. What about Josh Tracy as well? He looked great on the weekend and. Um, I think he's established his role from here for at least a few weeks. Love it. I love Josh Tracy. He was someone who, from his first game, when I watched him, you know when you can just see it? Mm. You can see they've got something. I know the way that that kid attacks the footy, uh, he's going to be a very, very good forward one day. Unfortunately, Statesman doesn't know his footy and and convince me otherwise. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, no, Tracy, I love. Um, I think he's a serious option. Uh, What would he be about 250K this week? So um, still worth trading in. The only thing with that is at his price and not being a pure ruckman, he's also going to be reliant on goals. So the scoring may fluctuate a little bit. Yeah, he's about 250K. And uh, might even get a chop out in the ruck uh, with... Darcy out. Yeah, and, and Meek, Meek coming in, presumably. Probably coming in, yeah. Anyway, I like those options. Those are just some ruck options for you from each of the buy rounds. Uh, good luck with whatever choice you go with. It's probably just a bit of a lottery there. But are you going, you going you've already got the, uh, you brought in Rob, didn't you? So, you've sort of gone the double premium still? Yeah, yeah. So, I brought in Rob. And, um, yeah, I've got Max and, and Robert, R1, R2. Yeah. I think I'm going to roll the dice with Reevesy this week if he's named and maybe even bring in another one of these cheap rookies um, to field, well, to, to sit on the bench and make some coin in the meantime. All right. If you enjoy our weekly podcast, then join up to be a member of Pod Pod Plus for an extra weekly podcast recorded on a Wednesday night with five-time top 100 finisher, The Statesman. Not even the greatest year this year, but he's still battling away and giving you guys all the advice to get you your hats. Uh, and that'll be a heavy focus on answering your listener questions. You'll get exclusive access to the Facebook group, The Pod Squad. And that's to throw around your trade ideas. We've even had a few stats going up there lately, which has been really interesting. Uh, and you can use that to brainstorm with other Pod Pod Plus members as well. And last but not least, you get a shout out on this podcast. So a warm welcome to the latest Pod Pod Plus members LP, Spencer Bryars, Bradley Beswick, David Van Gentevoort, and Damon Tibble. A huge thanks to all our new members of the pod squad. Head to keepleaguepod.com.au, go to the premium resources tab and hit bonus episodes or click the link in the podcast description and sign up today. Okay, targets for round 12. These are Louis' round 12 trade targets. If you want to hear uh, John Harmy from last week, an absolute fantasy guru giving out his targets for, he gave out 
targets for round 12, 13, and 14. Just a bunch of potential bargains and some premiums that he liked. If you want to hear that, just listen to the podcast from last week. But Louis is going to touch on purely the guys from round 12 that you can jump on now. They're obviously going to carry you through the buyers. And these are players from the buyers that have had them last week in round 12. And that's Port, Gold Coast, Geelong, Hawthorne, GWS, and North Melbourne. So, Louis, do you want to just take us through your targets that you've got for us? Yeah, so I thought I'd just quickly talk about all these players, brief little comment. And uh, obviously, based on your team, you might have, you know, six defenders right now. You can't trade in a seventh. So, you're going to have to go somewhere else. So, for that reason, we won't expand too much. And everyone's got their own little unique team at the moment and their own idea of the direction they want to go in. We're just here to sort of help guide that. So, first off the list, we've got Dan Houston, Dossie, who uh, I think he's had two or three games where he's actually come off injured with that sore AC joint, which is also a flag. That's something you've got to be worried about. But Mm. right now, he is seriously underpriced at 580k. Oh, I love him as an option. He's he's up there with my top. You know, if we had to go power rankings of of these out of these this list that you're about to produce, I'm sure that Houston would sit in my top three. I'd say, uh, yeah, including he had that round five game where he only played 25 percent time on ground. I can't remember what injury that was. Was that the shoulder or something? Yeah, else? I think it might have been that shoulder. Yeah, still. so 25 percent time on ground. Managed to play the next game though. Then Brisbane in round seven, only 71 percent time on ground also injury affected 51% against Adelaide. That was the second time he he injured himself. That was definitely the shoulder, that one. Then he didn't play, came back against Collingwood, limited time on ground again. So he's had a bunch of games where he's been injury affected, but looked pretty good in round 11, his last game before his bye against Frio, had the 97 points, still playing mostly as a defender, where... I think we both agree. He's like the Jack Crisp, though. He can, if he's a defender, he's ninety-five to hundred. If he's a midfielder, it's a bonus. Maybe he's one hundred and five to one hundred and ten. Spot on. And Jack Crisp is a great example to use because what I was just about to say is that that what Dan Houston possesses is an ability to go one hundred and forty. He can do yeah. that. He can just. I think last year, round twenty-three versus Collingwood, he went about one hundred and thirty. Took fifteen marks or something crazy like that. So. Uh, Dan Houston with his ceiling and what we've already seen historically from a fantasy perspective, he's a huge option. He's already had a 127 this year. Exactly. So, So, yeah, the only concern is that AC joint. Um, Maybe you can wait a week, just watch it. But he's someone who, at his price, he'll he'll quickly get away from you. So, uh, I don't mind taking a punt on that. We'll go to his teammates now as well. Uh, Ollie Wines, who comes in at a premium now. He has had a super good season and uh, he's clearly Port's number one guy now. Uh, Boke's probably uh, a little bit behind him these days. I think Wines is doing the the heavy lifting in there and and his fantasy is reflecting that. He's currently going at his best fantasy average of his whole career and I, I don't really see him actually copping much of a tag. He'd still be super unique as well, Wines, wouldn't he? Super unique. Just, just, so he, he comes in at just 4% ownership. Yeah, and in the last just three the games, he's gone 120. Oh, he, he's not somehow a sexy name in fantasy circles. But remember his early days in the league, he was just one of the most talked about players, up and coming players. But I think it's just that contested sort of brand of footy that he's usually playing. He's really getting a, a bit more cheap ball these days as well and, and getting a bit more of those big statistical games that probably- he started to do at the end of last year and, and really came home strong as well. 
Yeah, so at Port, what um, what they've basically done this year and, and what they've tried to do is uh, is not try to recreate Ollie Wines. Ollie Wines is good at what Ollie Wines is good at and he's basically reverted to basics and, and he's very, very good at the role that he was meant to play, what, what he was drafted as. So I think that's finally happening. He's in the in the absolute prime of his career. I, I imagine he's about 26 years old, Ollie Wines now. So Love that as unique. Love that. Yep. I think that's a super unique. And with a lower score of 70, I, I actually don't think he's going to hurt you this year. It's only tough to pay that price now. Yeah. That's all. But yep. if you've got the coin, then I don't mind doing it. Uh, just a little bit cheaper, just quickly. Hasn't been in great form either, but you know it's going to flick eventually. It's just like be. Jordan Dugowie did, mind you. Uh, Connor Rosie. <laughs> yeah. So, he's been- He's had a few injury troubles this year. Uh, but just recently, Ken Hinckley has said, look, we're trying to get him going. We need mm. to just get him into some form. He's going to get in the guts. You know, he's going to have a go. Eventually, that's going to click. And uh, at his price, I think he's about 480K. If you can get on at the right time, then then he's a rip, ripper pick. Yeah, it's been it's been a strange one for Rosie, but I, I agree with you. It's got to flip at some point and maybe just monitor, especially with Geelong this week. Maybe you don't have to go this week. Um, he's got then Gold Coast, Sydney, Hawthorne. Maybe that's the stretch you can, if he shows some signs against the Cats, maybe going after that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he'll still so. be 500K or thereabouts. He's still, um, you know, he's under 500K right now, 492. Uh, break even of 87. Still wait a week and have yeah, a look. Wait and a week. Just jump yep. on when the wave's right. I reckon you're onto something there, Lou. Uh, next up, we've got Brandon Ellis. Now, I thought I'd better chuck this guy in just to pay a bit of respect because I think his first seven games or something, he was the, Outstanding, the highest yeah. averaging player in the comp or some, something ridiculous. Right now, he's 720K. If he can recapture some of that same form at the start of the year, then he's actually value right now. So, you've got to take a good look at him, I think. Yeah, are you worried coming into wet season that he, you know, lose some of those plus sixes? Or I mean, we don't see that heap from AFL level players. These guys are they're on the most uh, pristine grounds around as well. He'll still get his plus sixes, but are you concerned at all? And especially given he dropped off um, previously compared to his early season form. Oh, with a player like Brandon Ellis, you always have to be concerned because uh, those are the types of players that can drop a 140, but they can just as quickly turn around and drop you a drop you a 70. And like you said, that can be off the back of just having six less marks than the week previous. So Pretty tough schedule. I think I'm an avoid for Ellis, but I don't mind him as a pod as well, especially if he can reproduce his early season. Oh, form. for sure. That's it. And uh, next up, we've got Jack Bowes, who uh, mm. should be coming back. Um, into some good form soon. I think he went down a couple of weeks ago with a corky, was it, Dossie? I think it was a hammy. I, I, I believe it was a hamstring. So, I'll, I'll just have a look. And Yeah, he's so he was listed one week away, though, um, with his hamstring last week. So, you're right. He should be on track for a return um, in round 13. So, uh, hopefully, just keep an eye on him just in case he does get a setback. You'd expect him to be back this week, though. He was in the frame to be a top six defender. He was, and he's got a very high break even. So, I'm not saying jump on this week. You certainly could if mm. you're back in his scoring. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't, but uh, at 135 break even, priced at 659K, you might be able to get Jack Bowes under 600K very, very soon. What I will say about that is just monitor the kick-ins on his return because much like Jordan Ridley in his early season, Bowes has had a very large percentage of the kick-ins on offer at the Suns. There's been a few guys getting him, but he's been had the bulk of those. 
Does Lacocious though, he's he's really hit a ripping vein of form in the last few weeks with Bows out. Do they keep Lacocious in defence now, given how well he's played and maybe those two split it? That's all I'd be concerned about is if those two share the duties and we get a situation like a Ridley sharing with Heppel and Redmond, sort of those kicking duties and a bit of the distribution as well. Oh, they might share it a little bit, but I'd be surprised if it swung too heavily because mm. uh, there was clearly an effort to bring Jack Lacocious up the ground at the start of the year. And there was clearly a game plan for Gold Coast Suns yeah. to control the ball into defensive 50. That was without Jack Lacocious. They were planning this. And Jack Bowes, like you said, he was one of the main men down there. So I think- uh, we could see him just slot back into that exact same role and, and we continue to see Lukosius get developed up on a wing. Yeah, Bose will be super cheap in a couple of weeks, that's for sure. Uh, bringing up next is Matty Rao. Uh, I yeah. don't know when he comes back, but I know Projected it's Projected round 13 to come back this this coming So, have a look at him. Have a look at him because we saw that as a first-year player, he came in and averaged, what, 105 or something across his- First four games before, unfortunately, going great down to with a shoulder injury. This week, if he plays, I'm I, keen to see him back. I was out watching there. Gold Coast games because of Matt Rao. Yeah, yeah. And I'd, I'd never done that before. Even, even Isaac Rankin. By the way, up. remember what he did, <laughs> last, Matty I mean, Rao. Remember what he did last time after having a significant break in the season. Now, that, the last time it was COVID, it wasn't injury affected. But remember how he improved from round one to round two in his first year. I wonder if this time off, he's just gone and absolutely gone crazy on the rehab and the, gee, it'll be good to see him back out there, beast mode. Uh, next up, Mitch Duncan. Uh, I don't think we have to expand too much on this. He was in ripper form before mm. getting knocked out a couple of weeks ago. And and I think once he returns back to that team, he's, he's going to go thereabouts. Probably not as high, but uh, he's going to be a top eight midfielder for the rest of the year when he's fit. Could you go early on a player like him? He's too expensive, isn't he, to go early with his break even? Uh, what's his break even, Doss? I'll let you know right now. It is 153 so, and 845k. It's expensive. Yep. What I will say is that Mitch Duncan can go 130 quite easily. In he fact, can. I reckon he did it about five or six times before he got injured. So uh, even though <laughs> yep, you're four times. So even though you're paying 845k wait a week, you might only be saving yourself 15k and you might actually leave, you know, 10, 15 points on the table going somewhere else. So um, no, I, I think you can go early on Mitch Duncan. Mm. He's got a fairly ripping run as well home. Probably the next couple of weeks aren't the easiest, but uh, after that, it's looking ripper. But yeah, Duncan's one of my massive targets. Just the price tag's really hard, and I'm sure it's hard for a lot of people out there to afford the, the Mitch Duncan, but he's going to be a fantastic pod on the run home. Uh, next up, got Dangerfield. I think we already spoke a little bit about Danger. Yeah, we're going to wait, but you're going to wait. Have a look at the role. We know what he does as a forward. Obviously, Danger's going to be top six. Yeah. Next up, we got Higgins and Parfit. So, under the one cloud here, that's mostly because um, I think that they're going to have similar scoring moving forwards, and I think that they're both similarly going to be affected by some of these midfielders re-entering the Geelong team. So, uh, I do like what they're able to do, and potentially they're underpriced and real point of differences in the forward line. I'd, I'd be very hesitant, but I, I think these are two that you could consider. Yeah, I, I'd agree there. They're both... Uh, now, we got hit up on Twitter, by the way. Um, is it point of differences or points of difference? Um, I reckon <laughs> p- the point of difference. 
when it's more than one though point point they are point of differences or points of difference or does it have to be more than one does it have to be plural i don't know is it that's a that's almost caught, a caught Dossie's me, dilemma caught right me there. real off guard right there <laughs> <laughs> might have to sit down and think about that for a bit i think we might we'll move on though. we'll move on to the next we'll options. move on to the next one uh teach yeah are you concerned at all we we talked about him maybe last no no what, what's the concern why are we concerned over teach dos because we've just heard about a bloke demanding a four-year contract as a mid-season draftee <laughs> that's about to take his spot in the midfield, mate. Um, no, I, I, I am concerned just about the fact that if this is a rebuild, which it's looking 100% like that, I don't. they're not going to go kill Titch with a 90% time on ground, 90% centre bounce attendances, which I've said before, that was what he was kind of attending in his heyday of 120+. plus. If they're going to give him... I'm like the last game he played, they played him under 80% time on ground, which was just a shock to me. I've, I haven't seen that really from Titch. Um, I, don't, I doubt he would have done that this year. I'd have to check, but I reckon that was his uh, season low time on ground. And that was in the sort of turning point where it was like, all right, we're, we're stuffed here. Let's just, just put the cue in the rack kind of thing. I'm just concerned there might be that case this year with them. And if that's the case, then Titch probably might get put away in a few games. I think if that were the case, it stems from Titch being sore and maybe not as fit as what he's felt like in previous seasons. But I don't think they're necessarily shutting up shop, going into rebuild mode and putting their best midfielder on ice. So I don't agree with that at all. I think, uh, if anything, historically, we've seen that the best fantasy players actually do come from poorer sites because yeah. they're able to just beat up on um, every team because there's no one giving them attention because they're getting thumped. Look at Tom Rockliffe. Back in the Brisbane days, yeah. 190, no attention at all. So, that's the argument I'd make in that case. At the end of the day, do you think Tom Mitchell isn't going to average 110? Or let's go 105 because I think he's at about 110 now. He's at 105 right now. So, do you reckon he can go 105 for the rest of the season? I think 105, but if you're bringing him in- He's probably not as much value as he was, yes. Yeah, uh, I, I say just, this, by the way, sometimes I say this, I you say pay for a liability, Tom, though, Doss. I say this is a Tom Mitchell owner that copped a seventy odd as captain the other week. So just keep that in the back of your mind. I still, obviously, it's Tom Mitchell. He's an absolute beast. So now, this is a theme with you. You were quite ready to trade out Zach Merritt after he's sixty-seven <laughs> as well. So, <laughs> well, let's put it this way: last time uh, he got a seventy this season, it was a seventy-one in round three against Geelong. He bounced back for a one twenty the next week. Tom Mitchell, so uh, two scores under eighty-five in his last three weeks, though. That's just a slight concern for me, anyway. Uh, and, moving and on, do you though. Know what? Um, just to concede a bit, he didn't set the world on fire last year either until yeah. the back half. So we'll see what, what happens there. Right. Uh, next up, his teammate Warple. I don't like it as much. Uh, he's on this list because there's not a lot of relevant players coming off the round 12 buy that we can inject into our fantasy teams. But obviously, he's shown some relevance when Jaeger Amir is not in the side. Because of that, I'd be hesitant to actually jump on. Yeah. But I'd monitor that situation too because at his price, once again, James Warple gets the role, has the scoring, and you've got the upside. Yeah, just so tentative with any Hawthorne players, to be honest, with how poor they are and if they can't hold on to possession. But 
if they if they can suddenly, then yeah, they're all kind of options. Really, yeah. All the Hawks guys kind of feel like seventies and eighties, don't they? Nothing yeah. really spectacular besides um, Titch, of course. So uh, we'll move on to Chad Wingard. Finally, last Hawk there uh, as a forward. We've seen when he gets the role. You always have to look at Chad Wingard. He's someone that can average 100 over uh, multiple, multiple weeks. So have a look at that. And then over to GWS, uh, we've got, and this is the most relevant team coming off the round 12. Absolutely. Bite, let's be honest. So uh, Taranto, if you don't have him, uh, he's obviously an option. I think um, he, he's just done what every coach that started, started him expected him to do. And while you could argue that all coaches or all good coaches rather have him and you shouldn't trade him in, I actually think Tim Durant is quite comfortably a top eight midfielder. So anytime you can get him in, I'd be happy with that. Uh, Whitfield, obviously. Oh, I mean, this yeah. is a bloke that can go 192. His ceiling is just out of this world. And that's something that you have to chase with the GWS fixture. Can Holy it, hell. Yeah, it's amazing. The next month anyway. Uh, just just flagging, Bailey Scott ran uh, from North Melbourne, you know, obviously uh, the the seller dweller in the competition. You want to you get your guys against him. We've seen a few big studs not score great, including Titch, who, who popped an 84 against North Melbourne. They tagged, they went out of their way, uh, North Melbourne, to tag Brad Hill using Bailey Scott, as a who's an elite endurance athlete. Strange player to tag, Brad Hill. Kept Brad Hill to a 20-odd, which Brad, is, Brad which is only 10 under. Brad Hill to a 20-odd based only, on form. Yeah. <laughs> My point being, though, if they're going to go with that theory, does Whitfield, is Whitfield the man in the firing line for the Bailey Scott tag? And if this Bailey Scott tag is not just a one-week wonder against a man out of form, is that something to be concerned about in your first game, debuting for your team? And I don't really – I'm not saying wait a week because, gosh, like, it's witty. But No, you're right. It's a concern. Mm. Do you wait a week? I don't know. I mean, do you think he's going to get tagged? Because potentially he goes 120 and you've jumped at shadows. At the same time, maybe you've indicated and he goes, you know, 70 or 80. At the same time, I think – I don't see Whitfield dishing up such a poor score – that you're going to be upset about paying 750k for him next week. He's, I, I think mean, what he, does he I, go? What would you be seriously disappointed with from Whitfield? Oh, like seriously, forget your 75s. That's just whatever. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Probably a 50 or something would be yeah, terrible. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I love Whit. He's my. I think he's actually my. He's so gen- good to I think watch. he's genuinely my favourite AFL player. His scoring is ridiculous because he'll be on. He'll be on 20 for. Two quarters. Yeah. And then bang, 76 points in six minutes of game time. Yep. Ridiculous. Get around him. Uh, next up, we've got Josh Kelly. Uh, we've spoken enough about Josh Kelly over the last few weeks. Every coach has. He's obviously an option. Uh, he's expensive now. Well, he's, he's not expensive, expensive, but compared to a couple of weeks ago, he certainly is. But uh, jump on board. He's going to be a top six, probably top two forward from here on in. Uh, his teammate, Hopper. What do you think of Jacob Hopper, Dossie? Uh, a listener tweeted us saying, "What do you think of him as a as a point of difference option?" And yeah, like looking at the numbers, you, you've got to agree that he is a, a significant pod. He's certainly one of those names that, a bit like Ollie Wines, more of the contested inside guy that probably won't get the love from fantasy coaches because he, you know, sometimes doesn't go out and get the the cheap stuff as well as as like a Kelly or a Whitfield. 
but his numbers are stacking up with some of the best mids in the comp in his last few games. I couldn't do it personally, but I don't know about you, Louis. I think uh, he's probably outpriced himself by being in such good form, but he's someone as a point of difference you could look at. This is someone who's gone 113 in their last three. He's owned by 0.5% of the competition. And I know he, I know he's a bit of a contested ball, but he, he's gotten on the end of some marks in previous weeks. So whether or not that's just uh, chance or whether that's been an actual um, effort to go out and get them, I'm not sure. Certainly but a pod, pod, pod. Definitely throw him out. Um, just quickly, Stephen Cornelio, whenever he returns, he's always an option. Finally, Nick Haynes. Massive, massive option this week. He's 446k, Dos. Ludicrous, isn't it? Um, having had the role change at the start of the year to go with a massive injury-affected score, I think he's a great option. Do you, you- Lock and load. Yeah. He, he'll come in for me this week. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Because it's too easy for me to get Nick Haynes up from a rookie. It's just too easy. 445k, if you've got 120k in your bank- yeah. And a half fat and rookie, you get there. That's it. And that's where, it, for me, thinking about a Whitfield tag, for instance, has me thinking like, you know, I can get a Nick Haynes this week. He's got a 67 break even odd. Just get the witty next week because I don't think he's not. Oh, that's that's a tough thing. Like, we can burn things, you with yeah. a 192. So, anyway, I, I love Haynes as an option, though. And just finally, we'll finish up with North, who on the other end of the spectrum compared to GWS probably, uh, Jai Simpkin and Taron Thomas, purely because Jai Simpkin's a midfielder, he's underpriced, and Taron Thomas is turning into a midfielder. He's got forward status and he's only about 490k. So, we've been told uh, by look Hef. at those guys. We've been told by Hef, it's Taron Thomas. Taron Thomas, We have okay. to get that right for our boy Hef. He's been getting on our backs for that one. So, Taron Thomas. Yeah, one of the leading centre bounce attendees um, for the last few weeks. So, yeah. sit up and take notice. Yeah, that's definitely a point of difference for you there. All right, I love that, Louis. That's all the targets for round 12. It's time for Show Me The Money. Show me the money, Lou. Who have you got for us this week? All right, Doss. So, I've got a quick fire five for you. Uh, these are all players that um, I can see playing next week and- who I don't mind in, ter- in I don't mind based in terms of their break even and job security. Yep. So uh, just straight off the bat, Trent Bianco probably the last week you can get on him before he starts getting really expensive. Oh, yeah. So if you can get on Trent, uh, Ned Reeves obviously if named, he has to be a player that you bring in. He's going to make you probably a hundred k over the next couple of weeks. So have a look at him and may even be able to help you out on that round 14 buy if you're heavy in the ruck department. Uh, Joel Amity also a ruckman. Round 14 by, so it's a little bit awkward, but I do like his VFL scoring. He looked good at AFL level too, so don't mind that. Josh Tracy, I'm massive on Josh Tracy. The only reason I've got him at number four here is because he's a bit more expensive than Amity. So uh, with that round 14 by, also I'm just splitting hairs there. Finally, Matt Roses. I know nothing about Matt Roses. He's about 180K. <laughs> I've never seen him play, but yeah. I know he's getting games. So, uh, it's a pretty pretty thin list based on job security. Uh, sorry, based on um, rookies coming off that round 12 buy, but uh, he's one that maybe you could consider. Yeah, probably go. I mean, if you include Meek maybe in there, but he's so highly owned already, I guess that's why you go against him. But well, yeah, I'd go I looked Meek at over Meek, Roses. But are, you going, are you going Reeves- after Meek? Uh, Reeves 
before meek. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. No, so I, I just mean instead of a Rosas who's sort of yeah, fringe yeah, right. job security, Probably could have put you might get there. three or four weeks out of meek with really good job security and, and fatten you up enough. But again, he's probably more expensive. He's more expensive than Roses, but no, I just I don't, don't trust I him. I don't mind that. He's a small I'll, forward. I'll chuck him there. Yeah, won't score you much. Uh, I've just got some more from Prezies from the Rezies. So, players that haven't played yet or are looking to return. And one from the mid-season draft. So, thanks to Hef for these numbers. You can find these numbers on keeperleaguepod.com.au. Uh, Connor West, in his first game for the Eagles, he's been playing... Uh, for a different side in the waffle, but he had 29 disposals, six marks, seven tackles, and 132 AFL fantasy points on his debut for West Coast. So, Louis, with uh, a bunch of gun eagle mids out, including Shuey, Kelly, maybe just monitor Dom Sheed. He hurt his shoulder a little bit in the game as well. He played on, but I just monitored that. They could give him a crack. Absolutely, they could. And the rookies that they're bringing in, which West Coast just... They have all these midfielder rookies I've mm. never even heard of. They're not doing that in the waffle. No, and this guy's 22 years old, mature age, yep, yep. so at least he's got a ready-made body. So it sounds like he's probably already carrying their twos because I know they're getting belted every they single are. week. So, yes, yep. he is carrying their twos, came out and was probably bog. I didn't check the best So, he players, might get but- one more game in the waffle this week, have the bye, and then see where we go with that. Yeah. Luke uh, Edwards looked good, by the way, too. He was, yeah. He played pretty well. Uh, Lloyd Meek, uh, well, in that case, would, would Edwards be up there for your rookies or just the fragile job security for you staying alive? Yeah, it was fragile for me. That was the only reason. Yeah. Um, just because I think was there's, there's no midfielders in that side. Mm. So, I'm worried as soon as one comes back, I mean, so probably the last in goes first out. But, yeah, he, he's probably one that I've overlooked over- Matt Roses. I reckon yep. you could put in Edwards first. Uh, Lloyd Meek smashed it in the in the waffle. 102 fantasy points. Massive hit out numbers. Uh, surely a straight swap for Sean Darcy is what we think. Yep. Uh, Luke Peddler's actually had six games in a row now at Sample level there. Building form, 23 disposals, seven marks, five tackles for 95 AFL fantasy points. He's a bit more expensive, but when he gets in, you reckon he's going to have a solid run at it much like Barry did early in the season. High pick, highly rated. Peddler could be a fantastic option. Yeah, I've heard really good things about Peddler. So, it's tough to pay 250k off yeah. the bat. I think that will put him at a sort of 35, slightly inflated break even. So, you can wait a week. And if he goes bang, then jump on. And really quickly, just a few more from the mid-season draft. Jai Newcomb, the second pick in the draft, the bloke we talked about before. He's averaging 23 disposals and a 105 AFL fantasy points for Box Hill. If he plays all aboard that one, Lou? He'll play. Uh, Ned Moyle, if he plays, would you? I, I think I'm going to just avoid that until I see him. Yeah, I, I'm, I wouldn't be touching him. Uh, Jackson Callow, just mentioning him because Stato's had a bit to do with him, I think, and he wanted to let us know to watch out for Jackson Callow. So, just just for the statesman there, we've kept that one in there. Uh, but if you do want all those uh, Sample VFL waffle numbers, also the mid-season draft numbers, uh, support our sponsors at keeperleaguepod.com.au. And uh, once you've signed up for PodPod Plus as well, you can go the extra mile and become an extra, well, become a member of the whole lot there. Uh, so head over there, get the breakout tracker, advanced centre bounce attendances, weekly projections, and all those State League fantasy scores. Louis, on to the listener questions. <laughs> All right, before we get to our questions, Dossie, got a couple of reviews on Apple Podcasts here trying to 
win those career savers that you've so generous, generously <laughs> offered up. Uh, first one we've got from Langman13. Top job, you champions. Great listening to those guys. Have a good pod in fantasy. And now someone has brought it to us. Love listening to it at work or home. Keep up the great pod pods. Uh, I promise I can speak English. It's a little bit tough to read out <laughs> some reviews when they don't have grammar. Thank you very much, Langman. That's great, mate. Uh, goats, love the pod pod legends. Hashtag observable thirst. Perfect. Oh, we love, love it, it guys. Thanks. Thank you very much. Keep getting in those reviews because uh, you could save your career with a size 12 pair of... <laughs> Career savers. They're still career up for grabs. What do we say? 220 ratings, which we're still a fair way off, but we will get there one day. And hopefully we can do it before they head up on eBay so I can get some you money back. You kicked four goals it. on the weekend, Doss. Oh, too right I did. Too <laughs> <laughs> right I did. Uh, we'll get on to the questions from Twitter and we are at PodPod AFL on Twitter. We're also on Facebook and there's some, a few questions on Facebook that we'll get to soon. But these ones from Twitter. Uh, Miller time. Round 14 is problematic now with Zorko suspended and all his Tigers out. Uh, is Big Shawnee Darcy to Laddams a good trade? He's then recorrected himself. He forgot the license suspension. Nah. Um, do you like English is the other one that he likes? Yeah, look, I prefer English a lot more than Laddams. Um, I've, only, I've got my own personal problems with English, but yeah, I, in that scenario, I'm going English for Miller. I will say Stato picked him up last week and got, I reckon, got a little bit blessed because he was getting, uh, Steph Martin was taking the majority of the ruck. He wasn't really playing that well when he went in there. If he does come good, though, you know, he's probably, we, we looked at the options at the start of the show and there wasn't too many on that buy, really, was there? No, no. Yeah. So struggle there for Miller time. Hopefully the start of the show helped you out with your ruck options there. Uh, rowing the boat. We all know Whitfield and Kelly are great buys this week from round 12 players. Who would you recommend from the sub 700k players? So, we, we had a few options there, but who's your favorite one? Mine's, uh, mine's Dan Houston. Sub 700k. Uh, I don't really have a favorite, Doss. Uh, I like a lot of these players. I've, you know, you're catching me off guard a little bit here. Sub 700k. Mm. Is, I like Nick Haynes the best, I guess. Oh, yeah. So, Nick Haynes and Dan Houston's out yeah, there. Yeah. Right? Trying to think desperately of a player in the 700s. No, that's, a, that's a perfect one. So, that's under 700. Okay. This next trade question or this next question, sorry, comes from Craig. Do I field 19 this round and trade Jordan to Josh Kelly or downgrade a bench rookie to Amity? Is it Amity? Did- yeah. Amity, Amadi. I won't fight you over it. And field 20. The first option should also mean fielding 18 in round 14 before trades. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I'd say, does your premiums on field change at all? If the 18th player is still a rookie, then, you know, I wouldn't worry about it. I'd go in with 19. Otherwise, um, yeah, I'd probably, I'd be happy going with 19 in that scenario, I think. Mark Allen, with getting rookies off the field with one up and one down or two down and one ups, do we need to invest in rookies with greater job security but a higher price? Someone like um, Lockie Jones for Port to continue to generate cash and like Paddy Dow, uh, Mark. Or do a Hail Mary and grab a cheap rookie with uncertain job security? Um, It's tough because in two weeks' time, my advice would change based on often the back-end rookies don't matter as much. They sit on your bench while you field a full team of premiums and make a little bit of cash. But right now, because 
you're in the buy rounds and you need these guys playing. I actually do like paying up for a little bit of extra job security. And yeah. Lockie Jones is someone I've looked at this week. So, for example, you might go Jacob Kaczynski down to Lockie Jones, free up 60K. I know it's not amazing, but at least you know they're still going to be there making cash. Yeah, that's a, it's a great point. I, I have, yeah, I slightly considered him just slightly out of my price bracket, but don't mind that, Mark, just to get that bit of extra job security. Uh, this one from T, Duncan or Whitfield? Whitfield. Whitfield for me as well, but I do love Duncan as a pod. Um, just the price difference there. That's It's nearly, it's basically 100K for Whitfield yeah. right now. Duncan second, get Witty first, wait for Duncan to drop Big price difference, but there's going to be a big swing in ownership too. So, yep. Duncan obviously will be a lot more of a bigger point of difference. Matt, how important is it to ensure DPP premiums end up in the weakest line? So, if he brings in Whitfield, should he aim to shift him back ASAP or is it fine to leave him in the mids and end up with other six uh, top six defenders premiums? Um, oh, I guess you have to make that call. If you think that you like six defenders particularly and you also like Lockie Whitfield and he's in your midfield, then that's fine. I mean, as long as your top six defenders are scoring well- it doesn't really matter where they play. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I understand what he's saying, though, because obviously midfielders traditionally score better. So, a top eight midfielder is going to be scoring potentially 10 points yes, more than a top six Yes, but also at the defender. same time, we select defenders and forwards based on the fact that they do play midfield. So, that gap often isn't as big as we think. It obviously is when you look at the 10th best forward and the 10th best defender compared to the 10th best midfielder or even 20th best midfielder. But overall, those top few uh, defensive and forward players like a Lockie Whitfield do score on par with midfielders, if not better. And I'd also just judge on value what you've got available for those value picks in your midfield line. Like we can't find someone with the value of a Nick Haynes, in my opinion, in those 400k bracket right now. And you can in the defensive this line. This is what we said last week. So, if you've got 700K, uh, you can choose to bring in, let's say, Bailey Smith last week. Yep. For whatever price. Let's say he was 680K. I think he was a bit less than that. But you could also choose still side bottom. Now, let's say they're averaging the exact same. One's a forward. Yeah. And, and that splits it straight away because you know he's closer to being top in that line than what I am here so, for, they could foreseeably be a keeper, whereas the other, even if they do continue to average the same, there's always going to be someone better that you can get up to. Next question from Nick. Best low ownership trade targets coming off the buy. Uh, he's got Wines, Raul, Taran Thomas, and even Carl Amon as pod, pod, pods. Yeah, so pretty much few- that whole list that I listed off. Massive point of differences right in there. What about Carl Amon's probably the extra one we didn't touch on? Yeah, love it. Love it. He's a bit of an awkward price, but he's getting centre bounce attendances, which is something we hadn't seen from Carl Amon previously. He's been stuck on a wing, so to speak, but uh, perhaps with um, just some of the magnets that they've lost over the past two months, Port, they've decided to try something new. That being said, Amon was flagged to play centre bounces in the preseason too. So, yeah, he's a good point of difference. And I think... A couple of weeks ago, he went like 96 in the first half. Yeah, yeah. He was it massive. was nuts. He only ended yeah. up at about 110, but gee, <laughs> if, if he can put two and two together. Huge. Uh, Anthony Alal, he, he wants to know our thoughts on Ollie Wines. We love it. Uh, Kyle, Travis Boak an option? Yes, he is. Uh, 
You're saying yes to a lot of port players. That's not just the port, uh, the the per, what's it, the aqua I've blood said, running I've through s- you, mate. I've said yes to the most teal. players tonight, actually, uh, because because everyone's an option in the buy rounds. It's I don't know what your team looks like. I don't even know what I'm doing with my team right now. So all these players that we talk about, there, there's always something worthwhile chasing. It's the negative stuff that you have to sort of. Uh, dodge, dive, duck. <laughs> that was uh, the buzzword this this week. So, <laughs> yeah. but no, I, I don't mind it. Uh, Brendo, guys, rate uh, the rookies for the next two weeks, uh, we, which we've already done. And Amadi's job security versus Max Max Lynch. So oh, Amadi, yeah, easily, easily. easily. Yeah. He w- what we flagged is he's taken Cal Sinclair, who I couldn't get the names out of my mouth before, and Hayden McLean. He should slot into that role, you know. Young player, horse has given them the chance this year, the young players, to give them, give them a crack. Played well, didn't do anything wrong to get out of the side. Can players that hit out Ruckman as well as playing as a capable forward. So, I think he's a really nice option at 200k. Uh, and what's the play for remaining buys with the Richmond versus West Coast Eagles change? So, we'll have to wait and see, I guess, what we get yeah, given I, to us. To be honest with you, I haven't thought about it much because I just haven't gotten any official word. Yeah, we'll wait and see and then we'll let you know when we have our next podcast. Unfortunately, we'll probably be next week or on the Twitters. We might on, jump on, on the there. Wednesday podcast. Pod Plus. That's right. Pod Pod Plus. Jump on board. Johnny Vogan from Facebook. I've held Grundy. Stay strong or trade? Look, it's it's tough now because you've held him one week. He's only gone for two more, presumably. Uh, You've got 115 points sitting on the bench for the next two weeks, though. So, if you think that you can improve that and still formulate a plan to bring Grundy back in, then yes, I'm team trade. But- I think some clever coaches could figure out a way to hold Grundy mm. and actually come out on top. I'm really interested to see who plays it best because I think it's a real competition-winning move. Yeah, I'd probably st- I'd probably stay strong if I've still got him, to be honest. Yeah, because he's still got him, you'd almost- I feel like you're just going to miss one more hold game. Hold him now, yeah. It would depend on your buy structure. Almost think- I almost You wouldn't want to go in to- with 18 this week yeah. and have four of those B rookies. I think if your buy structure is fine and you can somehow weasel away to hold him. And that was the I'd thing we said from the start. Yeah, definitely. Um, Josh, love your work, boys. Thanks, Josh. I failed the rookie roulette this week, trading in O'Connor of Adelaide. Any tips to consider when trading in rookies? So I think we've just gone with that. You know, look at the roles that are available in the teams. It's the best you can do. Like, it is sometimes the roulette. We've guessed and got it wrong many times this year. It's roulette, yeah. So, you just got to look at things like scoring at VFL, scoring at state league level. Yeah. Uh, scoring at junior level, age, position, opportunity. Definitely, definitely opportunity and role available role, at yep. the club. Yeah. Like, you look at, say, West Coast, there's that many injuries there right now. There might conceivably be a role for a couple of these West Coast guys for two, three, four weeks. And that can sometimes be enough to hold you in the side as well, which is why I kind of liked a couple of the West Coast guys. But again, there's probably a, a limit to that where they're also going to be out of the side within three to four weeks. So, would you prefer to go an option from a team that's struggling in a you know North or Hawthorne who bring in a rookie and look like they're going to play the kids a bit more too. I mean, there's so many factors going in though, isn't there? Yeah. Firstly, Doss, speaking a lot about West Coast players there, to be honest. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, Mighty look- Eagles, mate. <laughs> um, Stuart, for those near the pointy end, do we go early on a Duncan or wait that extra week? 
Also, who to trade first to Whitfield, Cumming or Markov, who both have tasty matchups this week, or frustrating primos like your Caleb Daniels or, Rid- or Ridley. Hashtag observable first. All right. There's a lot to process there, Dossie. So, mm. what was that first part? The first part was, for those near the pointy end, do we go early on a Duncan or wait the extra week? If you can afford to go early on Duncan then and you're at the pointy end, then yeah, I almost would. That's a real massive point of difference on the rest of the competition. What about your rule coming off KOs though? Well, it wasn't a rule. It, mm. it was with Tim English, he's missed four weeks and each week was just as a mystery as the next. So, at least with Duncan, if you know he's coming back, then you, there's no lasting issues. Or as Tim English was three weeks later, oh, he's not quite ready yet, you know? And the other question was, coming or Markov, which one do you trade first? Both have nice matchups this week. Uh, I probably... Oh, gee, you're splitting Sorry, or, there. Or those premiums like Caleb Daniel or Ridley. That was the second one. No, part. I wouldn't trade the premiums. So, you'd I'd, be trading I'd, the Cummings and the Markovs I'd still be looking at those guys. Yeah. Uh, really splitting hairs here. I'm not sure what the scoring of the... Of the Gold Coast backline is like still. I know- I'd be dumping Markov first. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't take any kick-ins whatsoever and has to build his score entirely around the ground. So, that's where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe you're right there. I, I, I think it's a bit more of a 50-50. I think as blokes like Lockie Whitfield do get going a little bit, I think that does mm. affect coming. But um, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, you're probably right there. Doss coming just- Peter Tabard, love the pod pod. Thanks, Peter. I'm leading my work league by 280 points, but there are teams starting to make ground. Need a couple of point of differences that will go 120 plus for the rest of the year. Cheers. Already have Scrimshaw. <laughs> so, 120 plus. <laughs> he's, got the, he's got the guy that I was going to say. 120 plus. Scrimshaw. 120 plus for the rest of the year. I mean, is there anyone that's going to do that, let alone point of differences, uh, Stato? Uh, Louis, Stato, Stato uh, yeah. Look, that's one twenty plus is a lot to ask of. Um, I think Grundy is probably someone who will go <laughs> one twenty plus when he comes back. Just point of differences. That, well, it I is. Mean, that's what I'm saying. Well, we it's just mentioned Ollie Wines. Maybe he's probably up there he with one of the guys that could go one ten yep. plus. You know. Yeah, it's a really tricky question. Uh, Jack Steele, even though he's 10%, is quite unique. We always talk about the Jared Lyons of the world. They're always really unique. They're always 3%. You can take a punt on that. Jared Lyons switching it around as well, by the way. It's just, he's almost becoming, he's almost forcing your hand to be fantasy relevant. I know he is, but he's forcing your hand to pick him at this point, I think. Uh, Christian Petrarca, he's priced at 740k. He could go 120 quite easily. So could could Callum Mills. Yeah. All right. There you go. There's a few options. Uh, Brad Harrison, I did it last week with Mills and Whitfield in for Grundy and a Rook. Semi-failed with O'Connor though. Um, Should we be looking at both round 11 buy players as well as the blue dots currently to trade in given the fixture updates, i.e. go early on Hunter, Bont, Parrish? Those sort of guys. Yeah, that's all part of the strategy. So, you just got to weigh up how many players on field and and, and which week. Because this is an underrated part of buy strategy is which week you can actually make an effort to go a little bit light so that you can attack a buy round really hard. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, for me this week, it was, okay, I can get aggressive with some of my trades because 17 of my 18 players are are not rookies this week, so I can I can make some adjustments. So that that's where I would I'd be looking at it. I think Doss. 
All right, Matthew with the final question. Best targets to trade Fife and Darcy to? Not a fun th- uh, first week of the buyers. Feel you paying there, Matt. That's that's a tough, tough week one. Yeah, I might have to get back to Matt on Twitter with that one. Yeah, some, a lot some of options. Yeah, you, you, plenty of options we've mentioned today, like your Whitfield. Go like a Whitfield and a Reeves via a bit of DPP action. Something like that would be probably the way to go. Um, all right, well, that's the, another episode of the Point of Difference podcast. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.